quarterback after the Miami Grand Prix. Miami International Autodrome. You want to? You ever uh, want to say Autodrome in like a redneck voice? Because it doesn't work. Autodrome. Auto. Autodrome. Everyone, like all of the European F1 fans, like definitely took issue with them calling it the International Autodrome because the only racing that was on it was this weekend. But I think they failed to notice that it made the initials MIA. Which uh, MIA. <laughs> oh, that's genius. Airport code. That's genius. Come on, people. Anyway, what's up? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Armchair Apex Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dalton, alongside my other host, uh, Aaron Aaron Morphew. Dude, I just called you Aaron Morphew, like you're running errands. How you, how you doing, bud? the worst thing I've ever been called. Yeah, that is the tamest nickname to give anybody. Aaron. Oh, look at Aaron running around there. Uh, we're missing Mr. James Lingfield. James Ling, 12 Lingfield out with a little... Uh, Little, little, little sick. He's feeling a little sick today. So uh, we're we're going just me and you again. We did another episode a few weeks ago. Just me and you didn't didn't uh, didn't end up putting it out. We've had some tech issues going on with this whole thing. So we're coming to you audio only um, from today. I wish we could have put that episode out, uh, but I, I just I sounded like a drag queen. I'm not going to lie to you right now. Uh, it's the tech, uh, tech. It's either tech issues or credibility issues. So we're coming mm-hmm. with you, you coming to you today with proper tech, but zero credibility. Yeah, no cred at all. Um, I mean, but we are wearing our our blue light glasses, which gives us a little bit of like an illusion of intelligence. Yes, so we, I, exactly. but Too bad we're not doing video today, but we 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 look smart, and that's really all that matters, right? Most certainly. Yeah. Most certainly. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, that was a fun weekend. Miami Grand Prix. MIA, the Autodrome, the Autodrome. Anytime I say a European word, going to say it in a redneck accent because S so funny. But uh, man, Anit, dude, what were your reactions to this? Initial reactions going in? Were your expectations met? Did, did they fail to meet your expectations? Were your expectations exceeded? I, I've like, for a very long time, I have subscribed to having the lowest expectations ever. Yeah. That way I'm never disappointed about anything. Yeah. Going into this, I expected to see a massive amount of bullshit and I saw a lot less bullshit than I was expecting. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's a good way to do everything. Uh, Just have the lowest expectations possible. Um, I still got to learn to do that with like the dating world, the dating, just, just manage the expectations there, but every, everywhere else, uh, I'm really good at managing the expectations. So, I mean, what, I mean, one to 10 take away from this weekend. What do you, what do you give it? 10 being amazing. The event itself, I would say uh, like an eight, the race, I will have to reserve my judgment until a little bit later, but the event itself, like, holy shit, it looked like a good time. It yeah. looked like they really put something on. Yeah, man. It looked, it looked like, super fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you can you can see why people are concerned about Monaco falling off because like this is like American Monaco. Oh man, will it just be the new Monaco? We'll have to wait and see what happens in Las Vegas, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think Las true. Vegas is probably going to Las Vegas is watching and they're going to be like, watch us take this up to eleven. Yeah. And How- they're gonna be like, We also have legal prostitution, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh man, uh I'm I'm sure Monaco has fairly legal prostitution you know they're just really well-off prostitutes you gotta isn't there like an income minimum for monaco right you gotta make you like have a to, yeah it's like a tax haven you have to buy into to live there wow that's insane rich people live really crazy lives don't they you probably have to be in the illuminati or at least have like know somebody that's in the illuminati to live in monaco or just be rich as shit you know whatever yeah well i mean just at, at a certain point you do just automatically by d- default 
just know, you know, like I'm, sh- I'm sure Chuck Leclerc knows a couple of Illuminati guys, you know, <laughs> hey, you telling me that Chuck Leclerc hasn't been to one of the goat mask parties, like in a forest <laughs> somewhere. Like there's 100% chance he was at least invited to one. Maybe he was like, well, I can't, I cannot go this weekend. I have a race to do. You know that he knows somebody. Anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, Miami. Yeah, man. What, what did you give it to one to 10? Like the event itself was like an eight to me. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. One of the things that I, one of the things I noticed is it looked like, like general admission tickets were apparently out of control price wise, but yeah. like watching the, you know, watching practice through the actual race, whenever they were cutting to like the general admission, like standing room only areas, it looked like there was a ton of space to watch the race comfortably from. Yeah, there, it really did. I was really impressed by the little beach turn. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me pull up my track map here, but there was a turn where you could, uh, basically just watch it from a little beach. It wasn't the yeah. marina section. It was the, it was, it was turn 12. So like oh, turn 12, yeah. You had a little section where you could just sit on a little. It's interesting the distance away from a turn if you're on the inside of a turn going around. Because if you're on that inside, you could get right up to the track and it's fine. Yes. Um, I remember uh, being at Coda for, I think it was 2019 US Grand Prix, and my band had played and we got to park in the middle of the, what is essentially like a similar shaped turn. I guess it's like the third to the last turn at Coda. It's basically, it goes around the tower, right? So it's that big sweeping right-hander. And if you're on the opposite end, the inside side of where that natural pull of gravity goes, which is to the outside, right? If you lose it, you're going left, right? Uh, then you, you could just kind of walk right up to the, to the, <laughs> the fence. And I like walked right up to the thing, uh, like while they were qualifying and just saw uh, Toro Rosa's just zipping by and then some guy yelled at me and I had, to, I had to walk away with some marshal but like they'll let you get right up so it was a really cool feature for this track where they you could just kind of sip some i'm sure a lot of rum you know floridians love their rum for whatever reason florida has a really good selection of spirits there's a lot of there's a, a couple importers that are based there that you can they bring a lot of cool stuff in yeah but the i, I think like i was honestly surprised that to see that it was like that vacant and sold out because it seemed like there was so much standing room. Yeah, a lot of standing room, man. We should just go next year. Let's uh, let's take a let's trip. Go. Let's let's drive out. We'll get James. Yeah, and we're going to Miami. We'll meet James at. I mean, that would be a cheap. That would be a cheapish flight. Let's just fly him out. You know, he's a younger kid. We, <laughs> we're the we're the adults with a little bit of cash. Uh, so like, let's just fly him out. We'll meet him in Miami. And uh, and it's fine. It will, yeah, we'll have a great time. We'll see if we could actually take James. And then go just on the roof of the Hard Rock Stadium. That it, looks like the best vantage point. It really does. I don't. I wonder if they let people up there. That doesn't look like a. I don't know. Maybe that's like a canvas thing. I don't know if you could stand up there. But if you can, I, that's where I'd want to go. Just walk around the stadium. Yes. On top. What there. a vantage point. What a vantage point. Uh, yeah. And then if if we're about one thing on the Armchair Apex podcast, it's about vantage points. And we said that earlier this season. We were like, look, if we're going to be about anything on this podcast, it's got to be vantage points. Most definitely. Or tune into rather. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so you give it what? A seven? Eight? Eight. Eight for the event. Yeah. The whole thing. As a whole. The whole thing. As a Grand Prix. What does pre mean? A Grand Prix. Um, what, does, what does that even mean? You know, why are you asking such difficult questions? I'm curious. Aaron, Aaron, I'm a curious man, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. But right now, I want to know what that means. But anyway, the Grand Prix. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, we're gonna do some live googling here. In the meantime, why don't you tell me what your favorite celebrity sighting was? Let's do some live googling. Okay, first of all, let's do the rating first. My rating, I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. 
overall. Seven. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. Um, just because DJ Khaled was there. And that knocks one point off of the entire weekend. Lucky it's not two to five points. Um, because I don't know if there's any celebrity. I'm not going to call him a musician. I'm not going to do that. I refuse to do that. I don't know if there's any celebrity that I loathe more with the fire of a thousand suns and the power of a thousand chariots more than DJ Khaled. Okay. Just why? Why? Well, that's all I have to say about DJ Khaled is why. Every time I see his face, I just say why. You know? I don't even know what the dude does. So the fact that he's like really famous is just mm. wild to me. Are you are you ready yeah. to be disappointed what the definition of pre is? Does it just mean race? No, it just means prize. That's not that bad. I, I thought it was just going to mean race. I'm like, well, that's that's a little anticlimactic. But yeah, I mean, I give it seven uh, just for the Khaled. But uh, otherwise, I would have been right there with you at an eight. Uh, Michael Jordan almost puts it back up to an eight. Matt Damon with his uh, Nigel Mansell stash um, almost puts it back up to an eight legendary stash it's not mine but hey matt you're getting there bud uh but yeah it was it was really it was really fun to watch the track looked really cool um this is a track where you look at it overhead you're like i don't know and then you watch these cars go across it and you are immediately kind of reminded of jetta um a little bit of of spain uh huge huge straight on the back which i thought was pretty cool i like when a track has a long straight like a super long i love that um because you got these slow kind of mid-gear corners, which is super interesting um, because that's a lot. That's where a lot of the talent will come out in these slow mid-gear corners. It's kind of counterintuitive because you're like these mid-geary fourth, fifth gear things. But a good straight, man. I love a good straight. And uh, just racing around that stadium. Drove by that stadium a couple of years ago. It's uh, it's not a small stadium, man. It's impressive the amount of like grass that they like brought in for it. You know, it, it was just yeah. very, very visually stimulating. Mm, that's what she said. Yeah, man, it was a great, it was cool. I like it. Uh, it was announced a couple of years ago. It was like, pfft, you know, just did a bunch of this, pfft, you know, did that for like an hour straight, but it looks pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We're all right. Uh, so you want to go on to the race? You want to talk about the race? I, I do want to hear outside of Matt Damon's mustache, who was the most mm. impressive person you saw. I mean, definitely Michael Jordan. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First lady, for, seeing a former first lady in the in one of the garages, that was pretty dope. I wonder. It gets me wondering. You know that George Lucas is a pretty avid race fan, but you kind of yes. I always watch that stuff, and I kind of wonder which ones are kind of there because their PR person told them they need to show up, and then which ones are like genuinely interested. Um. So I don't know, man. It's it's pretty well, fun. To Michael have. Jordan actually has involvement in racing. He owns a NASCAR team. He yeah, owns a moto, right. uh, like an entry. Like it's like I don't know what what do you call the minor leagues uh, a lower formula of uh, MotoGP MotoGP team as well mm, the AAA and apparently got drunk with uh, Pierre Gasly nice so, did they did he really yeah <laughs> Pierre Gasly posted a photo of a uh, of a red eyed Michael Jordan putting his helmet on yeah that also just might be sober Michael Jordan that dude's that that dude since retirement puts it back you know what I'm saying hell yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, of course. Uh, but did you see his his documentary when it came out? Oh, a Last years Dance, ago? where he had a glass of whiskey in his hand the entire his time. His eyes just continuously got more and more bloodshot as the as the, <laughs> so like by the end of the documentary, his eyes are just like red beads, like Satan. You're just like, man, dude, are you all right? Does somebody need to give you a hug? It's like, nah, I'm just I'm just 18 scotches deep because we've been talking for eight hours. But uh, now, what was uh, what was your least favorite part? My least favorite part of the whole weekend? 
Yes. Is uh is seeing my little baby my sweet baby boy, Mick Schumacher. Uh just oh, at the end there. Um I wanted to see him score some points. Thought he was on track for it. And we'll get we'll get to that a little later, but that was my least favorite part. So heartbreaking, you know. What about you? The gross display of imperialism with the police escort to the podium. <laughs> For, to the I podium, yeah. was disgusted. You were disgusted. I was disgusted, and they were had those sirens blaring, yeah. going in a tunnel under the stadium. Yeah, all of those people were walking, and I mean, granted, they're probably they're around really loud race cars all the time, so they probably have hearing problems to begin with. But if they didn't before, they definitely do now. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Is like those sirens underground indoors we don't know what are we doing with that what is going on and that's like the moment where i was just like the rest of the world is laughing at us because we're just so into police you know what they should have had though are the two guys from chips i feel like they were like you know had chips vibes because there was police officers all around the track in those like brown motorcycle cop outfits yeah yeah Uh, wait did chips take place in miami I have no idea where chips take place. I'm not like a big fan of police themed shit. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, Miami Vice, a masterpiece. And that's very on brand for this weekend. That was, have you ever seen the first episode of Miami Vice? Like the pilot episode? Masterpiece, man. The rest of the show, kind of garbage compared to the pilot. But if you watch the pilot, it's like an hour and a half long shot like a movie. So good. They should have just had Don Johnson in a golf cart escort the winners. The they, I, I, I did see someone uh, recommend that they call T uh, one through T uh, three the cocaine chicane. Yeah, yeah, I think that was on. <laughs> yeah, that was a, definitely a shift F one email response. <laughs> How long till we can get emails like that? People, email us. You're listening. Email us. Armchairapex at gmail.com. We don't even have that email address yet. I just made it up. So, so I hope that when I go to make it later after this episode, that it's actually there. Dude, if somebody already made the email address, Armchair Apex, has the blood red mad, you know? Uh, but yeah, Don Johnson should have been there. That's my takeaway. That's my main disappointment is that Don Johnson, actually behind Mick Schumacher, my sweet baby boy, getting uh, binned out by Seb at the end there. Oh, Don, it sh- Don Johnson should have been there. Don Johnson should have been there, and he should have been escorting the winners to the podium. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, race that happened um, around this uh, party, the, yeah. the race that spontaneously broke out during this party in Miami Gardens, mm. 18 miles away from Miami Beach. This spontaneous race party that just happened to take place. They, everybody, they just threw all the cars there and all the drivers, and they were like, well, I guess while we're here, might as well, you know? And then they looked out, and they were like, Wow, there's there's a track here. I guess, I guess I guess we could go. I mean, while we're here, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. So, yeah, man. Hey, uh, also props for transitioning better than I am. Uh, you should just be the host. So I'll just show up, <laughs> and I'm not even joking about that. So, well, let's go. Let's go through it. What you got for the uh, first kind of incident? You said you were pretty impressed by Alonzo's start. Let's take us through that. I I am like so I. Fernando Alonso made up quite a few positions right off the start. I mean, two of those positions were made up because uh, there weren't Aston Martins on the grid. Yeah. But uh, but he he did like he. I feel like Alonso every time he does something even remotely cool, he always has some bullshit reasoning or like something that he's just like, I figured this out. Like Russia last year, where he was just like, no one's going to care if I cut the chicane and I go on the other side of a 
the cone or this year he was just like whenever we were on the parade lap and he goes it was the slowest parade lap i've ever been on i noticed (laughs) that i could take an alternate line through turn one that's faster and it's just like one alonzo shut up two hey good work hey one cram it two well done you know he had a good start aside from uh using lewis hamilton as a break um Mm. he did pretty good I mean, that's about as useful as Hamilton's been all season. He might <laughs> he might as well make himself a little bit more useful and be Alonzo's break there at turn one. Uh, yeah, Alonzo just kind of doesn't give a shit, huh? He just kind of goes for it. Yeah, I think his entire job is preventing Oscar Piastri from making it into Formula One. That's his entire job right now is just a stopgap for Oscar Piastri. Tom, uh, so Tom Skerritt and Top Gun. Like I, I like that in a pilot. You know, I like that in a pilot. <laughs> he gained how many spots in in front? I think it was four. Like right out right out of the gate. Cool. And then he promptly proceeded to lose them with ten seconds in time penalties. Um, Alonzo was doing more Alonzo stuff. And- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Went right back to his uh, his starting position. Uh, to, he still would have been clear had he been just one of the first two cars, you know? Just be, hey, man, just be up front. You could take as many penalties as you want, apparently, because it's just going to be Leclerc Max all weekend, or all season, rather. I, I, I you know, I, I agree with you on that, and I think that it's, like, it's reminiscent of seasons past, where it's just we were expecting the same people to win over and over again, but the midfield battle is far more exciting. And the TV direction has gotten a lot better at covering this midfield action. Yeah, the midfield is way more exciting. and uh, But the TV direction, luckily, is kind of cutting towards them a little bit more. They're even covering some backmarker bat- battles at the same time, which is like, that didn't happen a lot two, three years ago. No, no. It, and I think that a lot of it has to do with the standardization of the TV coverage. Because if I'm not mistaken, it used to be that there was like contracts with whatever you know venue you were at. So, like, if you were, like, in Brazil, for instance, you know, and it was years back when Ayrton Senna was racing, like, the Brazilian TV coverage were just like, nope, you only get to see Senna. Wow, that's like, crazy, too. Yeah, I heard about it. that. I heard about that. That's pretty wild. They'll just show the guy, the, the local guy. But, uh, yeah, anyways, back, back to the race. Like, I honestly, like, going into the weekend, I thought that Mercedes was going to be back on better form. And it... They, they kind of seemed to be. It seemed like Hamilton was back to doing Hamilton stuff. He lost a few positions at the beginning and then quickly recovered. Yeah, um, I thought he was going to be on for a good result, but I feel like uh, yeah. you know his the the other Mercedes driver always seems to benefit from safety cars. And uh, you talking about Gurk McRussick? I'm not entirely sure what the guy's name is. Are you talking about Greg McGravy? <laughs> Does, that's not even approaching his actual name. Like. <laughs> We got to come up with more names for George Russell because Greg McGravy is just, that sounds like a an entrepreneur from Ohio. He, he had a rough start, but he recovered quickly. He did. How many, let's see, uh, let's look at the lap summary, fastest lap. No, not the lap summary. Let's look at the old pit stop summary for, okay, so Russell had one. So Hamilton and Russell, only one stopped, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess there wasn't really a lot of room for Lewis to pit there at the end. He, he would have lost way more positions than just one. Um, a lot of drivers one stopped, which is pretty crazy. Well, everyone in the points one stopped. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They just they just wanted to keep position. I th- uh, Russell just ended up overtaking him fair square there at the end. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. Sergio Perez did a two stop. Yeah, he did. He had that clearance there. 
with the 47 seconds to the front. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really surprise me. I think, I think Russell's going to be named number one before the end of the season. Do they even name number ones? I don't think they're going to name number ones or number. That's weird. I don't think they would do that. Actually name them. They used to. I don't think they do anymore. Well, I mean, Lewis came out of the gate with uh, the neon yellow camera uh, pods. So. He just, he's just handing it over. Well, I mean, it didn't like the other color didn't drive with his ham- his uh, his helmet design. Oh, so. right. Mm, well, yeah. yeah when well, we know that's important, you know. Uh, actually, you know what? If I was him, would have done the same thing, dude. Aston Martin. Aston Martin with a fuel issue. What's going on? Yeah, apparently they had a fuel temperature issue. Um, maybe they left it in the refrigerator too long. It was uh, too light. Just, too just, heavy. All of their fuel just in like little iced tea pitchers, and they're. Just- <laughs> they're like, all right, well, I guess we should put it in the car now. And they're just pouring these iced tea pitchers like sloppily into the car, just like it's not going in. And then just tell them we have an issue. We got to start from the pit, pit lane. And that's really what it was. They were just trying to pour it in with iced tea pitchers. Like, I think we should get a better system <laughs> because we're a Formula One team. Yeah, man, this is weird. So you were telling me before we started. So they had an issue where their fuel was too cold. Yes. Beforehand. Yeah, the, the fuel the fuel is too cold, which like I would be lying to you if I told you that I understood any of this, aside from the fact that the fuel definitely weighs more when it's colder. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they had a fuel issue that apparently would have likely resulted in them being underfueled to finish the race, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This is something that they have experience with because yeah. uh ever since Papa Stroll got involved with this team. They can't seem to get out of their own way. Ever since Papa Stroll got involved with this team, they can't get out of their way. Yeah, we're not materials engineers. We're not yeah. li- liquid dynamicists. You know, so it's, it's really hard to kind of be like, be like, yeah, this is what's going on with the new fuel system and these e-fuels. I think all we're going to get is speculation, mostly just because we don't get a lot of information on that. And we probably, uh, the team do- probably is still studying what went on with that. I think... How I mean, how many times does something pop up and they probably just have to come up with a really impromptu band-aid for it and then figure it out like afterwards? You know what I'm saying? That probably happens a lot where they're just like, okay, I guess we'll figure it out later. But for now, we got to start from the pit lane or do this to fix it in the short term. Well, something that I found very interesting is I was struggling to think of another time when an issue had affected both sides of a garage. Yeah, that's true. Like a team issue that held both cars back. But well, I mean, whatever. Bahrain, Bahrain and Red Bulls, you know, that, but I don't even think the Red Bulls had the same issue, right? No, no. But like, yeah, what, what I'm saying is that this was one issue that affected both cars. Yeah. It caused both cars to start from the pit lane from the same issue. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess a fuel thing would be the one issue that makes the most sense because it's definitely yeah. the same fuel. Uh, if they were given the cars different gas, that would be weird. Or twenty uh, Bahrain twenty twenty, whenever they put Botas' tires on. Uh, I don't remember who the guy that was filling in for Lewis Hamilton was. Oh yeah, I think that was Jerry McCursell, uh, something like that. Uh, let's just see how many names we can come up with him during the season. Yeah, yeah, they're giving him the same gas because you know it'd be weird if they were like, "Hey Seb, we're going to give you a uh, purple Kool Aid for this race." Actually, that's what we're you're going to have your car run on um i yeah i'm not sure i really would be interested to see what the report is i'm hoping they come out with some sort of detailed report on that before next weekend or at some point in the near future because it'd be interesting a lot of these cars are having fuel issues with these e-fuels uh which of course we know means electronic fuels (laughs) 
Yep, that's exactly what it means. Which is essentially, I have to only assume it's the, uh, like a hologram of fuel projected inside of the gas tank so these cars can run. Yeah. You know, you know something that I forgot to – I didn't bring up earlier that was actually my second least favorite part about the Miami GP. These things will tie together here. Carlos Sainz definitely kind of messed up at the beginning of the race. Yeah. Something that we did not get was the camera just – Cutting to Giovinazzi standing in the garage. Oh, why? Why did we do that again? <laughs> do it again. He's getting more airtime this season than he had his entire career. Over the last couple of races, he's been getting more airtime than Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the hair, man. It's got to be the hair. I mean, what else would it be at this point? Why ever do that, really? If we're being honest, why ever cut to the guy? It's just like it goes back to some like weird contract with uh, Bernie Eccleston because he was definitely like being paid by Ferrari. Yeah. And now he's being paid by Italy itself. Oh and, man, that would be uh, awesome. Re- required to show Giovinazzi. What do you get paid in by Italy? Just just strands of just bushels of fettuccine, you know? Yes. That just, are Parmesan. Just barrels of Pomodoro sauce. Just here you here you go. <laughs> it's a spaghetti time. Um uh so so Italian. If you make an Italian food joke about Italians, is that racist? Ah, uh, I'm not the authority on this. We'll have to uh, get a an, another person in to uh, to decide on that. Preferably, preferably an Italian. Who's the Italian yes. you can call right now? I have a few that I could call. <sighs> actually, my, the the main one I know is is in Italy at this moment. So I actually I couldn't call her. That would be expensive. But uh, yeah, man, I think overall it's very easy to underestimate the complexity of a lot of these engineering issues. I was watching. The race this weekend at my, my mom's house weekend because it was mom day and she was like uh, why are all the brakes heating up all the time why why does the heat make the nuts and bolts of the tires harder to remove because i think uh, somebody had mentioned that on the commentary and she's like i wonder what that what that is and what's happening andrew you should just invent a spray that you could spray onto the tires and the wheels uh, to just go ahead and fix that. And then you can make like $80 million. And she said it as if it was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She was like, just put some cold stuff in a can and like, you know, make it happen. I'm like, what, mom, what are you talking about right now? Did you just imply that I should just take out 300 grand in chemical engineering school loans and like spend the next 10 years of my life trying to develop a spray that goes on to tire parts that doesn't heat up the rest of the tire, but keeps one bolt on the tire cool? And I think a lot of issues are like that, where it's like, why is this happening? It's like, well, I don't know. I'm not a rocket scientist. So, well, I mean, exothermic reactions generate heat, cause yeah. changes in shape. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have just started uh, opining to your mother about why does the printer get jammed every once in a while? That's true. I will. Bl- I w- every car should just run on a tesseract, like uh, in Transformers, and there's just exactly. a go- there's a go cube in the middle of it. And that's what does it. That's what does all of it. It's just a go cube, and then it just goes, and that's it. Um, okay, so on to that. Uh, we have established on this podcast that we are not engineers, so you're welcome. Yes. Uh, yes. Danny Ricardo still sucks. Does he still suck? Danny Ricardo definitely still sucks. Mm. Danny Ricardo is on the fast track to being a NASCAR driver. Life in the fast lane, which wouldn't be the worst thing. Let's be honest. The dude, don't get me wrong. Like I really like Danny Ricardo, Daniel Ricardo, Danny Rick, uh, the the Honey Badger. Ricardo, my name is Daniel Ricardo. 
Yeah, he's he's just like the dude has progressively gotten worse every year. I think and it's so. kind of difficult to so. watch. I think so. He did. Have, he did have a win last year. I don't year. think he's gonna. Yeah, he did have a win last year, but you know, in all reality, they should have let Lando pass him. They should have done some team orders <laughs> and just let him pass him. I think he's part of this this trope of like older drivers that aren't veteran. They're not. They're not a, a Raikkonen or a or a Vettel in in terms of experience, but they're this 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 kind of if you want to say if you want to if you want to say the the let's say the newer crop the Leclerc's the Norse's or like high school freshman or sophomore this these this is more of like the senior class right Seb Vettel being like a senior in college these guys are like seniors in high school while the youngins are like freshmen and sophomores and uh it's that it's that thing that I'm seeing with a lot of these teams where these second youngest uh, drivers, the second youngest generation, uh, is just, and you know, just kind of in, in a general sense, are just not cutting it like their younger teammates are, um, and able to kind of keep up with the pace nearly as much as they'd probably like them to be. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, we're seeing that more so this year than, you know, than, than last year, I guess, with these new yeah. regulation sets, but like, I, like I understand why the dude has a drive. He used to be a really good, you know, a really good racer. But I feel yeah. like at this point, he has like a drive more so based on the fact that he brings in a lot of endorsements. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that might be all of them, right? Well, he's also very likable, which is a contributing factor, I think, to the fact that McLaren's like the most enjoyed team on the grid. Yeah, they really are. I think they're going for that American uh, market share. No doubt. I think they have the well, ability to do it as well. Replacing uh, Danny Rick with an American driver would definitely uh, increase their American market share. I guess it would. Um, I'm pulling up right now because I feel like this will be an interesting stat. I want to see uh, what Ricardo's overall results are compared to Alexander Albon's this season. Uh, because talk about a kid that is uh, doing great things at a team that doesn't give him necessarily the greatest car, uh, but he's been pretty great um, this season. Another, he's definitely flattering that Williams, which is far and away the worst car on the grid. Do you think it's the worst car? Tell me what car is worse. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. I'm looking at them all right now. Yeah, I don't think I think it is again. Which is man, what a tough luck. I wanted to see them kind of move up a little bit but i guess comparatively speaking yeah i mean i think the closest one would be another mercedes would be that aston martin would be second worst does aston martin have the second worst car this season yes yeah they do yes i feel like they do i think it's i feel like it's safe to say and then what what do you what do you think about third worst i'm going to say alfatari um i don't think the Alf, i don't think the alfatari is the third worst i think that in like, honestly I think it's probably the Haas. I think it is too. I think in terms of race pace, which is what matters, I, th- I think it's going to be the Haas and then AlphaTauri and then Alpine and then Mercedes, then McLaren, then Ferrari. Then, or actually, you no, left we'll, I left Alfa Romeo. Romeo out. Well, I mean, I think I think they've got like maybe the fifth best car this year. Fourth or fifth best car. I really think that like Guan Yu Zhou got like he got like I feel bad for the guy. He's getting screwed over f- by stuff that's out of his control. Yeah. And honestly, he sounded just so defeated when they were like, "We need you to retire the car." Yeah. He's like, "No. They'll give me 10 lashings for this in Shanghai." He's the most promising young driver that I've seen. 
Like, I think he's better than Sonoda. Um, I think rookie season, yeah. I don't know if he's better than him this year, but I think yeah. rookie season performances, 100% already more consistent. You had a good few races out of the gate last season. Then he started going downhill. I guess let's see what happens. But I, I think, uh, well, I guess if you think about it, if you think about it, AlphaTauri last year and the Romeo this year, kind of pretty comparable as, as far as where they stand on the grid performance wise. So yeah, I think he's going to probably do um, considerably better than Yuki did last year. No doubt about that at all. But yeah, Al- Albon's doing some pretty great things with a car uh, that not, that necessarily shouldn't be doing that great, but he's kind of pulling it up. He's the new, he's the new Greg McGrussick is what we're saying. We don't know that for sure though, because Latifi is so incredibly bad at driving formula one cars Man. that Albon could just be kind of good. Yeah. Or the car could be great. And with any other driver, it would be doing fine. Yeah. So Albon and Latifi could both suck. Yeah, Latifi, bad at driving cars and also for holding my attention for more than two seconds. So let's, let's, like, I know I'm changing, kind of changing the subject right in the middle of it. We've been seeing this stuff going around Twitter where they're talking about how that one Spanish reporter said that he got worried that there's going to be a driver shakeup mid season. Who is it? And tell me why it's Latifi. Yeah, it's definitely Latifi. It's got to be, um, unless Hamilton retires mid season. And I don't see that happening. I don't see him as a midseason quitter at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. I think it would be neat to see Mr. Oscar in that seat. And by Oscar, I mean Oscar Isaacs of uh, Ex Machina fame. He's going to be driving a Formula One car. And who didn't see that coming, really, if we're being honest? No, uh, Piastri is going to be uh, pretty interesting to see in there. Uh, let's just go ahead and act like it's happening, right? Let's just go ahead and say this is going to be what's happening. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think if anything, Latifi's paid position and the money he brings might be a little difficult for them to drop midseason, though, right? I mean, I don't know. Oscar Piastri's dad is rich as hell, too. Oh, that's true. I guess they all kind of all are. That's that's well, a little bit yeah. of a requirement. Actually, Albon doesn't come from a hugely wealthy family. I guess overwhelmingly. I mean, he has that red. He has Red Bull money. He does uh, have that. That sweet sweet red bull money unless we're talking yeah, about so sugar oscar Creek. piastri's dad is the guy behind hp tuners who is sponsored if you know if i'm not mistaken more than one team on the f2 grid wow that's crazy i didn't know that yeah so that's him that's his uh that's his family uh, yeah, what, and also has american ties so yeah. mm, there we go uh what do hb tuners do for our less uh, experienced listeners, including myself, because I'm asking for me. I don't know what those do. What are those? They make uh, tuning software for cars. Ooh, okay. So software. Yeah, it's something that plugs into your OBD 11 and allows you to make modifications to your car. Wow. Is it an OBD 11? Because I always thought it was just OBD 2. Um, I mean, like I've heard it said both ways, but like I'm pretty sure it's OBD 11. Mm, I wonder if they could tell me what's wrong with my Honda CRV. Um, let's ask HP tuners. Can I call it? Well, let's call them right now. All right. I'm, I'm on it. Okay. We're phoning a yeah. friend. They um, make, uh, yeah, they make American, you know, software for a lot of different American cars, but they also apparently sell, uh, mugs. And that's what I'm after. Screw the software, man. Just give me another coffee mug. That's all I want. Yes. I would like the, a mug, please. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be hurt if Latifi, uh, just, you know, just well, yeah, went away. Just go. Disappeared just, forever. Yeah, we never just, heard from him. Yeah, again. that's fine. Hey, man, go do something else. It's cool. Go try just LMP2 cars, bud. 
just do something. Just uh, don't suck so bad. Um, because we know that we would do better, right? We both of us would do way better than he he was. Well, you know, speaking of how awful Latifi is, who's worse, uh, Mick Schumacher or Nicholas Latifi? Okay, first of all, let's not mention either of those in the same sentence because they do not deserve. <laughs> My sweet baby boy does not deserve to be down in the trenches with little Latifi Nicholas. All right. So I'm not even going to entertain that with a response. Who scored more points in their F1 career? Mick's going to score at least 10 points this season. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's going he's gonna to be, uh, by, by the time all is said and done, we're going to look back on today, May 10th, 2022, 5.38 p.m., when I claimed that Mick Schumacher will have at least 10 points. We're going to look back on this day at the end and we're going to say he was right. Andrew was right about this. And how dare we doubt him? He's going to, yeah, he's going to go for at least 10, at least 10 points. Okay. So is that going to be with like a fifth place finish or is it going to be be a a lot of trickle? It's just going to be a consistent trickle over the rest of the season. That boy's got talent and he's going to be showing it soon. Okay. He's just waiting. He's he's biding his time is what he's doing right now. It's a, it's part of a long play. It's part of some 4D chess that he's playing. Yes. Well, the, it 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 seems like the 4D chess that Haas was playing was just trying to wreck out both of the Aston Martins. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. Steiner, don't underestimate him. Okay, don't underestimate the man. He knows what he's doing. Because um, well, he, Mick tried to kill uh, Mick tried to kill Seb, and then Magnuson hit Stroll twice. Yeah, he really did. Man, uh, did Magnuson DNF this race? Yeah, they retired the car after Man. his uh, second uh, run-in with uh, with pay driver Stroll. That's crazy. Double DNF for uh, double DNF for Haas. DNF no, no, no. Uh, it seems. Oh wait, no, Mick like, finished, huh? Yeah, Mick went back to the pits. They put a new wing on the car. Yeah, that's and right. the only reason Nicholas Latifi uh, Nicholas Latifi finished a pit stop ahead of Mick. That's crazy. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, I'm gonna start crying. We'll talk about it more. Lab forty. What forty? Forty one. Gasly Norris. A little bit of a wreck. Not even gonna lie, I was asleep until that happened, dude. I was as well. Kind of snoozed <laughs> off there for a little bit, and it woke both <laughs> of us up. We weren't watching it together, but I guess we woke, both woke up at the same time. And I was like, "All right, well, uh, put the coffee on, Ma. It's gonna get interesting." And uh, boy, did it ever! You know, who do you uh, who do you think was at fault for that little run in? Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I think it's hard to say, but just because I heard that Gasly couldn't steer out of it, so I don't know if he had control even when him and Norris collided. Um, I, if anyone is at fault, it's him. But I don't know if I know enough yet about his situation. Uh, but it was crazy how it just knocked Norris's tire clean off. I hadn't seen a collision uh, at a speed like that where it just the tire just came off. There's there's been. Like several collisions this year so far that as the the beating has just been removed from the tire and the tires flown off. Yeah, the uh, what was the stroll? It was a stroll Latifi thing in Imola, right? Yeah, tire flew off. Uh, that was in Australia. Was it Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Th- honestly, very very similar accidents. Uh, actually, it was. It was just at a lower speed. Um. So yeah. I guess it has. It definitely has been a thing that's but, happened. But yeah, I like. Have you heard the Gasly uh, radio message where he's actually on the he's talking to his, the pit wall and you can hear the accident happen while he's on the radio. Oh no. Like the radio button is being pressed during the collision. Oh no. Of course it was. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Was it whose, whose fault was it? 
I think honestly, it's both of their fault. Yeah. Um, more so, uh, Gasly's fault though, because like if you're like if you're just trying to get your car back to the pit lane, then you need to be closer to the wall. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, man, you're taking the Democratic wear, uh, route on air here because beforehand you were just like it was clearly Lando Norris's fault, and he should be prosecuted to the full extent of Miami law by the cast of CSI Miami, and maybe even shown the death penalty. That's what you said to That's, me yeah. in complete seriousness. And now that we're on the air. You're just going the democratic route, almost like you're a politician. I don't, I don't know what to trust anymore. <laughs> It'll all come out in my first 100 days. In the first, in your memoir, uh, after that you do after the season of this podcast, my year on the Armchair Apex podcast, a memoir by Aaron Morphew. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I was, I, I, I kind of just, I guess I was a surprise at first to see the how few cars pit during that safety car period, but again, this isn't a computer race isn't a video game. So I guess they had some real positions to lose. Um, but yeah. it was nice to see some softs come out and, uh, see some, uh, some racing on some softs at the end. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. I liked to see the filled bunch back up. I, um, the only reason I wish the safety car hadn't happened is because we were on for a Botas fifth place finish, no but nowhere. yeah, Botas was, uh, texting and driving and hit a wall coming through the hairpin. How wild would it be if the if they actually were texting and driving? <laughs> like how wild would it be? Do you think there's a race on the calendar that is so boring that they actually could text and drive and get away with it? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I was it O Rouge the video where they they like there was the onboard from O Rouge and it was Leclerc driving through O Rouge with one hand? Yeah, so oh wow. <laughs> uh, oh wait, there was um there was a race where he was like having to do something like that, right? It was, it was like holding the mirror or something. I thought it was over. Yeah, that was a Radion. The Suzuka. Oh, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I was actually, that's funny you mentioned that. I was watching that a month or two ago and I really just watched Leclerc's uh, onboard because I, I noticed the incident. So I rewound it and just watched his onboard before that. And I was like, well, how did his mirror fly off? And he's, he's holding it down. <laughs> For like the entire, like almost the entire lap, he's and like through turns, like he's holding it down halfway through the S's at Suzuka. You're like, oh, that's how good you are. You can hold your mirror down, going 150 uh, miles an hour through some of the most difficult S turns in racing history. Nice to know, Chuck. I think he's, uh, I think he's, I, I think he's a race away from losing the lead in the championship. Uh, Chuck, yeah, I think. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these upgrades. Uh, you yes. said you said earlier, and I didn't know this until you said it. You said uh, they so Ferrari hasn't done any upgrades yet, except for their engine. Is that correct? Yeah, they only had a minor engine upgrade. Wow. Uh, and they are yeah. So they're apparently bringing their first group of uh, aero upgrades to Spain. Aerodynamic upgrades. That's right. To Spain. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, maybe they'll become a world beater, and I would love to see. Honestly, I would love to see Ferrari just run away with it. I would. I would. I think that would be kind of nice. And, you know, here, I'm going to say something that I didn't think I was going to say. Yeah. I am beginning to sympathize with Max Verstappen as far as like being wow. a, a decent driver this year. Wow. I was wondering when you were going to admit that. And today, of all days, the same day that I correctly predict Mick Schumacher will score 10 points this season. You also admit that Verstappen is a decent driver. This is a historic day. This is a May tenth, twenty twenty two. 
for the records. You know, he's not driving. He's not doing the get out of my way or we both crash style yeah. anymore. And honestly, the, I think the tipping point for me was, uh, was during qualifying where he was trying to get his, uh, I guess, cause I think he would have gotten pole had he not you know, yeah. messed up his qualifying lap, but yeah. he cut a, he cut a corner, got on the radio and goes, Hey, sorry guys, I fucked it. And then just pulled the car back around. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty oh, wow. cool, man. <laughs> yeah, great job. Man, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the his turn one move with with signs there was was pretty cut. Uh, it's pretty par for the course with him. Um, yeah. But also, it was a pretty good move. It was a really good move. It was risky. and uh, But he just kind of used the momentum that you get on that side. It's so weird having a clean and a dirty side on tracks because you can be a spot up on the grid and you're rewarded with this like super difficult turn one. And so you're, you just almost assume to just try to land it somewhere on the odd side of that, that grid, because you'd rather have the catapult around. Absolutely. Well, he also really took advantage of the fact that he knew that like that science wasn't going to late break him to keep the position. Cause if he had done any sort of late breaking whatsoever, he would have taken out Leclerc. Yeah, and that's true. The same the way squeeze, the squeeze was perfect. The squeeze was perfect. Yeah, like, the move couldn't have been executed any better, and it was like it was fair. Yeah. What else are you gonna do, Carlos Sainz? Man, uh, I'm just glad to see him pull out, come out with the podium. Uh, good to see Absolutely. him not beach it somewhere. I guess there's no. I mean, dude, how horrible would it have been if it, it, you're just watching the race in like second or third lap? You just hear, oh no, and Carlos Sainz has beached it. And somehow his car was just on that beach section that's like, <laughs> that's like outside the track. And you're like, no, again, like a third. <laughs> it's just like, it just somehow he's just like in that beach. Just, <laughs> shooting sand at the, the mermaid. Just stumbling. <laughs> did, did, did you see him? Did you see his onboard in Imola where he got out of the car and was just kind of like, like in a haze, like he was so <laughs> he started walking towards the track, like, like, yeah, like he was walking into the ocean as if he's Charlie's Theron from the gray or whatever that movie was about the end of the world. But like yeah, the, in the Marshall's like screaming like this way, this way. <laughs> you just see poor, you, poor kid, man. You just see him stumbling towards the track and all of a sudden Reba McIntyre. That's a night when the lights went out in Georgia. Like, OK, well weird spot for a song but uh yeah man i'm just glad to see him get a podium again i think ferrari's upgrade and uh stay follow me here i think ferrari's main arrow upgrade uh should just be a pair of red trucker balls put on the rear diffuser of the car that's what i think their upgrade should be and how how ballsy would that be no pun intended <laughs> to just be like we've had our main upgrade it is here and it's just a pair of those like balls on the on the end of the car or it's just a like a like a hood ornament on the nose and all it is is just like a hand pointing forward <laughs> like, and it solves their purpose and it just solves their issues <laughs> like we got it and it's just a hand that just points forward and it's like all right well i guess we did it this is it if only the world was that simple um but no it's it's going to be pretty interesting to see what they do with their upgrades uh it's pretty it seems to be pretty beneficial to not blow your upgrades early i feel like and i was telling you this earlier i they've got to there's no way that they don't have a map of when they're going to deploy their upgrades uh you know down to the day 
It, there's got to be some sort of itinerary for that. I would doubt that they're just kind of like the week of like, oh, I guess we'll roll it out this week. Like there's got to be a thing. And it seems to be pretty beneficial to not blow any of those. I, and I would do the same thing, I guess, if I'm thinking about it. Like it, and not that I am anywhere near the skill level of any of these engineers or anything like that. But like I, I would be like, yeah, let's hold off until like the fifth or sixth race. Until we get to a certain point, you were saying though that there's there's freight issues. Is there any info on that? I'm kind of curious. I don't have any exact uh, information, but I have heard multiple other sources talk about the fact that the cost cap, like freight issues, are included. Freight costs are included in the cost cap, mm. and they're like they're, they're you know I think they're trying to avoid a ton of shipping issues, flying things you know from their their factory and yeah their factories in Europe to America or to the Middle East. Uh, traditionally you see upgrades happen in Spain. Yeah. That's true. Because they have like it's it's one, it's because it's like, you know, usually the first race back in that part of the country. And two, they have the most data. Yeah. They do testing there every year. They race there every year and they have data dating all the way because like it's what, how long has how long has Spain been on the calendar? Oh, just since the probably the 1948. I just made that year up, by the way. I'm not yes, sure. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> just 2012. For, okay. I'm surprised so, you didn't say 2012. 2012. Uh, yeah, that does make sense. That makes a lot of sense now that you put it that way um, because they have a control set, right? They have the beginning yeah. of the season. They test everything there. So they're able to go back five races in and be like, cool, this is where we're at now. I guess what that's a lot of what those first practices are for too, FP1s. Stuff like that. I never watch FP1, man. Do you watch FP1? I, watch, I always watch FP2. I do, under normal circumstances, watch it because like, it's just like, you know, like I don't like sit there and scrutinize it, but I have it on in the background while I'm, you know, like I'm working or what have you, doing my morning stuff. Yeah, Fridays are usually kind of light. Uh, you know, if anyone from my work is listening, I am working. Uh, totally but, work. Well, it's five. It's what is it? 5.52? Oh, no. I'm talking about Friday mornings whenever I watch free practice. Oh, right. Yep. Yep, definitely working. Yeah, but I think the practice sessions are entirely masturbatory in some senses, especially practice two in Miami because <laughs> shit. Will you edit out me saying? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. other Mercedes driver topping the charts in free practice too. Yeah. You, uh, wait, the other Mercedes. Are you talking about Gary Metamucil? Is that what you were talking about? Yes. They yeah. did a low fuel run. Uh, and that's how they got the top of the charts, just to make everyone, you know, in the factory feel good about it. Every all the Mercedes fans be like, "Oh, they're back! They're definitely back." We should definitely make it a point to never say his name this season. I'm trying all. my best to never say his name. Um, before we get out of here, real quick, because uh, we we got some time and we're good. Um, F122. Yes. Shorter name. You are a player of this game, and you are. Uh, in addition to James and I, you're also a player of this game, um, and they announced this week that crossplay will be a deal this season. Yes, I am very excited that I don't have to buy another uh, system because I would never buy it for myself, and I didn't want to blow my birthday present this year on it because yeah. I really want a Roomba. Okay, first of all, as another man in my thirties, I, I understand that completely. But second of all, uh, you never bought you'd never buy your own console. What? Huh? Do you just have a thing against buying? You just bought like a a Vol. What did you buy recently? It's like a Volvo. No, a Volkswagen. You bought a Volkswagen, uh, folks. If you're listening and you're not familiar, Aaron is a, a car enthusiast. I guess like the the James and I as well. Um, and bought a a Volkswagen. What's the what's the model here of this car? You a Polo bread van. 
It's a right-hand drive polo bread van. Yeah. And if you uh, can't tell from my accent, I'm in America. Yeah, we both live in Texas. And you bought a car that you drive around Houston, and the driver's seat is in the right on the right-hand side as if you're English. Yes. And you, we're very much in Texas. And when I saw that car, I was like, I don't know. I would crash. I would just not – I would get everything mixed up. I just wouldn't be able to operate. It would just be so – kind of weird and counterintuitive. Um, but yeah, um, also, so, you know, you play this game as well. I don't understand why you wouldn't buy your own console. I, I, it's, that, yeah, it's just, it's easier not to, you know, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's technically, it's easier not to buy most things instead of, most buy certainly. Them, you know, most um, certainly. it's just a weird line for, to, to me to draw like uh, with consoles, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that you know, we can play together now. I'm looking forward to the, the game looks dope as hell. Yeah. Um, honestly, like every time, like I play the, uh, the, the, the 2021 game, like I like look at a replay or like you know I'm about to pass a car and I'm like, what is this? The car from 2012? <laughs> and the, yes, uh, the, the previous generation cars just look so old now and I'm looking forward to them being updated in this. And it also like from some of the videos I've watched on the game, it looks like they've really changed the mechanics. Yeah, they have changed the mechanics. The steering model looks good. It is weird driving the 2021 cars because they just look so boxy now. And yeah. there's just a lot of spare parts that look like weather stations. Yes. You know, they just look like they have a bunch of barometers and stuff going in and out of them and it's just really, yeah, I want to see the updated stuff. It's, I hope they could switch at some point and gradually get to where they're releasing the, the year's game right around the beginning of the actual season, because it's super, no other sports game does that where they release the game midway through the season. You well, I mean, I, I, you want, you have to be able to, you know, I, I can understand at least why they release it from there because they kind of want to get like a feeling for you know, the running order, because that's why they have the actual performance. That's true. Option. That is difficult. Uh, Cause you, you, Oh man, that is true. You actually kind of can't do it until you kind of get a feel for where everybody's at. Dude, watch them because it's Codemasters still have Mercedes up front. Watch them because it's Codemasters not have Girk McGravy in there, but still have Botas in the second Mercedes. And he just beats everyone. Uh, if it's you, me. I am yeah. Codemasters. Jesus. <laughs> That explains so much. I think with the crossplay and the fact that that's in the season, I'm getting optimistic about the actual connectivity and the netcode involved with multiplayer in this game. That makes me want to think they've kind of updated that model, which would be really awesome. I don't know if they would have announced this already had it been a thing, but it would be nice to see centralized servers for multiplayer in this game if it's possible. I don't know if it is. But P2P seems to be a little odd. And if they're doing crossplay, it makes me wonder if they're also introducing centralized server locations for this, this, uh, year. it would, it would alleviate a lot of the issues because it seemed like 2021 was a regression as far as online Ugh. play versus 2020. 2020 Ugh. is online. I, 2020's online play was so much better. Uh, dude, uh, shout out to Midwest F1, by the way. Um, our league has issues weekly um, where, you know, somebody either has to dip out during quality and come back or something. And if you make any sort of weird disconnect or connection during a qualifying session, whole lobby is just ruined. It's as if the center of gravity just came undone and uh, nothing works. So it'd be really nice to see them 
update that. Um, I heard some rumors about DLC for circuits and stuff like that. That'll be cool. Uh, I just want to see them put Malaysia in there, man. I just want to be able to race Malaysia. I'll pay for all. For sure. Dude, I will pay yeah. dumb amounts of money just for tracks for on sure. a video game. No, no doubt. Well, I, I don't know if, have you watched any like of the, like the, the pre-release YouTubers that have videos out? Uh, yeah, I watch Marcel Kiefer regularly. Uh, cause that kid yeah. is the goat and, uh, he's really awesome as far as insights for playing the game. Well, I saw, I, I saw one of the videos of a guy that was, cause apparently there was only five tracks put out initially. And one of the tracks that was put out was Austria. And the guy was using turn one of Austria to illustrate how much different the mechanics are. So like, you can't just like cut over that corner in Austria anymore. It just like yeah. throws the car. I think it's really cool how they're apparently implementing systems where you can't, you're not just having to ride all of the curbs always to get the fastest times. I think that was a huge oversight in 2020. Definitely. They fixed a little bit in 2021, but apparently it's definitely more real, real to life with the sausage curves and th things like that, especially in Imola. Apparently you can't take that right hand curb anymore because you'll just go yeeting into the science gravel over there. And, uh, they sh dude, they should have the an animation if you yeet into that gravel. You should just walk you just walk onto the track and Marshall's like, no, no. <laughs> but like you just no clip it onto the track where the, the character just has the, his arms and feet out like that weird thing where the character <laughs> so he's like no clipping onto the track and just like and then there's a Marshall running after him. Um but yeah, man, we'll see. I think it's pretty exciting. I want to do VR, man. This makes me if we got crossplay, that means I don't have to stay with PlayStation to stay in my league and things like that, or play with other players who have similar consoles. And then I could, you can work on getting a PC rig, which allows you to do virtual reality, man. And, uh, I got to do that on, it wasn't even the F1 game. It was like another, uh, I think it might've been in a set of courses or something like that. Um, uh, but the V I went to a, like a Sim center in Tampa, Florida a couple of years ago and during the pandemic. And, uh, this guy ran the whole thing. This like weird looking dude named Pete rode a Segway everywhere in his own place, which is so baller, you know, and uh, had a bunch of simulations set up and he had uh, a, like a, like a, like a show Ferrari, like an actual, like it looked like a 2018 Ferrari. It was kind of like, oh, wow. a, it's like one of those mismatch Ferraris that you could actually sit in and do VR on. So like he That's had, sick. he had a racing, I didn't do that. I did the other one that was like sitting beside it, but my girlfriend at the time set in the thing and did VR uh, like in that Ferrari, and it was so cool. Uh, it, but uh, the VR experience in general is awesome. It's so immersive. It's really cool to see them incorporate that. Yeah, man. I guess I guess we got to do VR. That's essentially why why I'm doing sim racing is because in ten years, it's gonna be indistinguishable. And if you keep at it, you could probably just be a VR virtual racer, which is what I'm yeah. trying to do. A VR trooper, really. There's an auto shop in Houston that uh has put a full-on racing rig sim racing rig in their waiting room nice what yeah and they're actually like running a contest right now so like you <laughs> drop by and see who can do the best lap time maybe they could tell me what's going on with my crv and i could um, set some record I, times yeah it's an exclusively european auto shop uh that works on like bentley's and porsches and stuff but uh folks but, you do know. you can you tell me what's going on with my crv uh go ahead and email us armchairapex at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> and uh without even looking at it tell me what's wrong with it and so uh yeah man um cool well i guess i guess we'll leave it at that for this week huh we've got spain coming up this weekend um are we gonna have a spaniard on the podium a spaniard 
Uh, no, I, I hope Sainz stays on the track. Uh, that was a horrible Carlos Sainz impersonation just now. That was the worst. Is that what you were doing? That was the most low effort Carlos Sainz impersonation. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess we're going to do more predictions, but let's just stick to our Latifi predictions. And what lap will he DNF on? I'm going to go lap 12. Mm. Go lap 27. Oh. Lap 27. Latifi. James, you got to tweet yours out. Get James, tweet yours out or email us, armchairapex at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that email address exists. Uh, folks, um, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. Aaron, thanks for doing it. Huh? Yes. Uh, RIP Mick Schumacher's chance of ever scoring points. Oh, don't like that at all, my sweet baby boy. And we're out. Thank you.